0: This is Beyond the U, a Met Radio 1280 AM production. I'm Sahana and I'm Parthana Bhattuk. This show looks at real stories from university campuses and the students behind student journalism. When students pay their tuition fees, there's little discussion about where that money might be going. But what if you found out your tuition fees were funding a genocide? Since 2009, the Chinese government has been committing acts of violence against the Uyghurs and other Muslim minorities. The BBC reports that human rights groups believe that China has detained more than one million Uyghurs against their will. In 2021, Canada passed a motion declaring China's treatment of Uyghurs genocide. Leo Larman Brown wrote for McGill University's newspaper The Tribune in March 2022. He found over $15 million from McGill Investment Pool tied up in the Uyghur genocide. He joins us today.
1: Uh, my name is Leo Larman Brown, pronounced he, him. I'm a student at McGill studying political science. I'm going into my third year. Um, yeah, so I wrote this article about the Uyghur genocide and like McGill's complicity, their endowment fund, and it kind of like exploded in a sense. I started out at the Tribune just writing one article, and I kind of just developed a passion for it. I liked interviewing people. Basically, since around 2012, there's been like an escalation of um, crackdown on the Uyghur people in East Turkestan or Xinjiang in China. It's like the westernmost province in China. Um, mosques have been destroyed. Um, people's beards have been trimmed. Um, they're, they're prevented from speaking their language. Um, ethnic Chinese people are moving into um, Uyghur homes, sleeping in the beds of Uyghur women. And like the most prominent thing that we're hearing about is There are over 2 million people currently in concentration camps. Chinese government calls them re-education camps, where they're detained against their will. Um, There's reports of rape, um, forced sterilization, murder, um, and forced labor. And that's the thing that we were focusing on through our article, um, the forced labor component. So um, we looked in McGill's um, endowment fund, and we found through the article that $15 million of McGill's endowment fund it's implicated in companies that are complicit in the use of weaker forced labor, either like they have connected suppliers or they are actively using forced labor.
2: For the people who don't know, uh, could you explain what an endowment fund is?
1: So the endowment fund is basically the way that the university makes its money. So McGill, um, Ryerson, I assume has one, U of has one, McGill collects for investments, and then they, they invest this money into a variety of companies they have shares in. And McGill's is valued at $1.8 billion the last time I checked. So it's a, t- a ton of money. So tuition dollars goes into it, donations, all sorts of
2: things. So like students' money is basically being used. Yeah,
1: so students' money. And that was a key part of our argument that I don't think if students knew where their money was going, I don't think they would be too happy having their money going into genocide.
2: Um, You kind of talk about, I think in the article, divest McGill. Could yeah. you talk about them a little bit?
1: So... Divest was like a huge movement at McGill, and they're more concerned with fossil fuels. And they did a, an intensive research on McGill's complicity in fossil fuels. Um, we're not officially affiliated with Divest. They're like valuable allies, but we're kind of doing our own research. Um, and yeah, we Divest was kind of the inspiration for the article. We saw how big of an issue it was and how big of an issue they made it at McGill. And we thought that this was not only is it a good way to like monetarily incentivize China from stopping to do the genocide, but it's also a really good way to bring awareness. And eventually this article kind of expanded. Like I I got an internship with a company and we started working um, at McGill and we started something called the Clean Universities Campaign. And the Clean Universities Campaign, we're looking to expand across Canada um, investigate universities endowments funds we have coders on, on on our team originally me and my friend found 15 million dollars and we've eventually found that mcgill's complicity ex- actually extends to 115 million dollars so we sent a report to mcgill we had like over 500 signatures um, from students staff alumni and all sorts of people and yeah so it's really expanded and shows that like one article that someone did me and my friend can expand to be something much greater we've got the um endowment fund information from other universities like Dalhousie, McMaster, so this has really expanded. I did one article earlier about the Uyghur genocide, it's something I've been like passionate about for a while, like advocating against it, but going into it, we just, me and my friend, we we had no idea the level of complicity that McGill has, we just kind of um, got got McGill's endowment fund, it's 1.8 billion dollars, like I said, it was just like a massive spreadsheet with a bunch of different companies. Um, We did like a control F to find um, like some top companies and like lists of of companies that are complicit like Alibaba, um, Tencent, all sorts of companies. And then you just control F. You can see we didn't really know how extensive the uh, complicity was very early on. We could clearly see that. It was pretty deep.
2: I guess it's been a little bit over a year since you've reported on the story. Are you planning on writing any new articles or anything like that?
1: Right now, I would say not really. I'm more focused on like the actual doing the investigations, um, expanding it to other universities. We also were like in partnership with um, a, uni- a writer at UBC. I don't mm-hmm. know how to pronounce it exactly, and he. Wrote like basically a very similar article. He did a very similar investigation. We helped them along with that, so I think we're kind of helping other universities do the same kind of levels of advocacy that we did. Journalism at like student newspapers, um, doing the actual investigation. But we'll see what happens. We sent a report to McGill calling on them to divest. Uh, they haven't yet responded. If, if if they don't do what we want and divest, maybe we got another article that will be in the works.
2: Doing the investigative work and then like bringing it to other universities, what does that look like?
1: We had coders who worked for us, and they they created an algorithm. If someone gets the endowment fund from a university, and then we have an algorithm as, is able to match a data set that links um, companies that are listed for being complicit in the genocide to the university's endowment fund and find matches. So students at Dalhousie or McMaster or any university have to do is just get their endowment fund, run it through this algorithm, and then they get a bunch of matches.
0: Oh, wow. So
2: that's really
1: cool. So we've kind of streamlined the process. McGill is our first university that we're doing, and we're looking to expand it to across Canada and even eventually to the United States. University endowment funds at King Canada are like $1.8 billion, but in the U.S. it's a whole different level. University endowment funds match the U.S. military defense spending budget for a year, so it's an immense amount of money. And if we can work on divestment for all of those universities and get this movement to expand... It could be a serious thing.
2: I'm just curious if the Tribune received any backlash from the university.
1: The university's media relations officer, and she gave her very political response Mm -hmm. that she always does. That didn't really say anything, but we included a statement of the article. She sent a report to the university outlining why we think they should divest and which companies they should divest from.
2: How do you think uh, journalism helps with activism in your experience?
1: I think it's like the best way to get the word out there. And I think the thing that I've really realized is that like I, I did not expect this article that I wrote with a friend and I wrote it honestly pretty quickly. And it, it really got a lot of attention. And this was just like one student newspaper article that like I thought nobody would read. And I think that if you really want to get your word out and have the right message, journalism is like the best medium possible to spread that message and turn it into tangible change because of this article we've really been able to do something good we've created a movement on real campus and hopefully expanding all over canada so i think it's it really is like a testament to the fact of journalism's power like it was just one student newspaper
0: thanks for listening you can read leo larman brown's story on the tribune.ca's website to connect with us or suggest a story, you can find us on Instagram at Beyond the You podcast. This episode of Beyond the You is hosted, edited, and produced by Prarthana Patak, Samindara, and Sahana Ranganathan.